Hello and welcome to Renewing Hope Church in Oceanside, California, where our mission is to love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbor as ourself. We pray that this episode will both challenge and encourage you to love more. And now, here's today's episode. Topic or message for tonight is to, to God be the glory. So we're going to kind of work into that. And I've been reading through the Gospel of John, and a couple weeks ago, I, I came across this verse, and I just started to meditate on it. Um, you know, Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. So we're, here's Jesus just completely focused and, you know, food being life, you know, sustaining us, giving us energy. His whole purpose was to do the Father's will and to accomplish his work. So we're going to be getting into that. So let me pray and then uh, we'll, we'll dive in here. So, Father, um, I just pray, Lord, that um, whatever it is, God, that you would like to communicate, that you would do it now. Um, I love that. Just open our spiritual ears. Um, Lord, thank you that, that you are present with us here now, the resurrected Christ. Um, so, Lord, we love you and we just give you tonight. Amen. Uh, so we're actually going to read through John 4, which is a, uh, probably a passage that most of you are familiar with. But um, the story of Jesus and the woman at the well. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour, so about noon. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. So quick little uh, history um, background lesson here. Um, So when Israel split into the northern and southern kingdom around 930 B.C., um, the Assyrians actually conquered the northern kingdom in 722 B.C. And when they conquered them, the Jewish people in that region decided to intermarry with the Assyrians. And so the Lord forbid that in Deuteronomy 7 because the nations that were mentioned in Deuteronomy 7 were full of idolatry and idol worship. So that was the purpose of it. He said, hey, don't intermarry, keep your ethnic purity. But they did that, okay? And then in 586 B.C., uh, Nebuchadnezzar, then the Babylonians, they conquered the southern kingdom of Judah. And the southern Israelites, though, they did not intermarry. So they sort of looked down upon, if you would, the northern uh, kingdom um, because of that, that intermarrying. So that's why the 
Samaritans and the Jews didn't really get along all that well. They were actually, the southern kingdom would call them half-breeds. So just a little context if you ever wondered, why can't, uh, why was this um, Samaritan woman sort of curious as to why Jesus would ask her for a drink? Um, so there was a greater purpose. But Jesus, Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So here Jesus is again talking in a way that people weren't familiar with. Just a chapter before, he's telling Nicodemus, hey, you got to be born again. You know, and Nicodemus is going, what, you go back in the mother's womb? And so he had a greater purpose in describing um, what he was trying to uh, share with Nicodemus. And here he's letting the Samaritan woman know, look, you know, in life you're going to have to keep drinking, but ultimately, you know, the Lord offers living water that's going to last an eternity. Um, so verse 15 here, the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come to draw water. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have no husband for you have had five husbands and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem, that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. So Jesus is saying there's coming a time where places are not going to be um, necessary, if you would. Mountains or Jerusalem, that it's going to be true worshipers. When the Spirit of Christ comes, any place, any time, the Holy Spirit is there present where you're going to be able to worship in spirit and in truth through God's word. So the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Can you imagine being her? She's right now confronted with Messiah. Just then the disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but, but no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will 
of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. So here he is. They've been traveling, you know, for hours. And, you know, the, his disciples are going like, Lord, you've got you to eat something. You know, you got to be hungry. And Jesus being Jesus said, look, my food is to do the will of, of him who sent me and to do his work. Jesus in his ministry and throughout his life had one focus. He was always in tune with the father. He was always he was spending hours. He would go pray for hours throughout the night. He always wanted to know what the will of the father was. Right. So what what he was seeing the father doing, what he was hearing the father telling him to do. He was locked in and focused and in that present moment with the father at all times, even to the point of his death. He listened. And I think, you know, in life, we probably have had these moments where you're locked in, right? You're focused on whatever it is that you're doing. And, you know, sometimes something comes in and sort of distracts you, you know, and I can remember being a kid. I was, basketball was my life. It's funny because my three, our three boys now are like basketball fanatics. So we watch them play in the backyard like all day long. And, but for me, basketball, I was locked in. I wasn't thinking about anything. And then all of a sudden, as I started getting older and and getting good at it, people started saying, hey, you're really good. Or how many points did you have last game? Or, you know, all the statistics. And all of a sudden I got away from the game itself and away from the focus. And I was more preoccupied with my performance and my significance being found in, you know, what people were saying or what people thought about me. So, you know, you can start out with something that's, that's good. And, and all of a sudden you get distracted. Same thing happened in my business. I started out, I wanted to help people, right? Had a passion to, to teach people financial literacy and to guide them. And all of a sudden, I'm going through the company, and hey, you're doing really good. You see, you're moving up the ranks. And all of a sudden, the focus, it got shifted from, you know, what it is that, that my heart intended to do, which it was still there, but then it was like, oh, well, I'm kind of moving up here. And all of a sudden, I was concerned with what man thought of me, right? And so I lost that focus. And so Jesus never, ever lost his focus. He was always in, you know, the will of the Father. And one of the things that, you know, can derail us from, you know, being in in the will of the Father and being present with the Lord is pride, right? Our pride. So I'm going to go over to Luke 18. See if we got that up. All right. So Luke 18, uh, 9 through 14 here. Here's uh, Jesus giving a a parable here. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Jesus said, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself prayed this, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, 
would, would not even lift his eyes up to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So I think what happens, too, is a lot of times we set out and, and the Lord puts things on our heart and he calls us to things and we start, you know, doing work for him. And then all of a sudden that pride starts sneaking in. I wonder if my message is good or I wonder if, you know, people know that, you know, I'm, I'm doing this ministry or we have this tendency, our pride that comes in where we want to be. At some point, we all want to be known and we want the attaboys and the attagirls, which aren't entirely um, bad. But in this sense, right, where are we getting our, our praise, you know? Because that, that spiritual pride can, can sneak in just as much and can be just as, just as dangerous. So, and in Matthew 6, we're going to jump over to Matthew 6 here. Let's see what kind of reward we get uh, when we are serving men. So, uh, Matthew 6, verse 1. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So here we, if we go out and we're shouting and letting everybody know what good works we're doing for the Lord, you know, and everybody's like, wow, that person's awesome. Like, you've gotten your reward. That's it, you know? And so we want to we wanna do things. It's, it's really, it's about the affections of our hearts, right? It's the affection of Christ in us. What are the intention the intentions of our deeds, you know, and that's, that's what we need to sit with and pray through because it's good to serve the Lord. And it's not, and, and I'll, here's something I'll say too, in terms of the power of the testimony is really important and special. So I, I don't want to come across and say, hey, look, don't, don't tell anybody about all the good things that the Lord's doing. I love hearing about people being healed of cancer. I loved he hearing people being healed of depression or getting new jobs. So all these things are good, right? But really it's about what are the intentions of our hearts when we're doing things? Are we seeking the world's approval or are we concerned to, to just serve the Lord and have him be the affection of our hearts and of our service? Um, we're going to now look at Colossians 3 and what it looks like. You know, I love this first verse, put on then as God's chosen ones. When you put your faith in Christ, God has chosen you into his family. He sealed you with, your, with his Holy Spirit. 
He's bestowed spiritual blessings upon you. You know, being called children of God, you know, adopted into the Lord's family. And, and this is just such a, uh, this listing of, um, you know, what Paul is instructing us to put on is, I encourage you, go back and read through this list and meditate on all of these things. So let's read through it here. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So it's not as if you don't stop working. It's not as if you, you know, don't stop doing the things that you love to do, playing basketball, or you're an artist, or you're a musician, or a teacher, or whatever it is that you do. We don't stop doing those things, but we want to do it for the glory of the Lord, right? And it says, whatever you do, not some things, everything's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you walk out of here, you represent Christ. What an amazing, amazing mystery. What an amazing honor. I mean, what an amazing gift that we get to walk out of here as followers of Jesus in, in everything that we do, you know, we'll, we'll do it for the Lord. And similarly, in uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So whether you eat or drink, whatever you're doing, do it all for the glory of God. We live in this age where we want to, yeah, like I got nothing against the social media, but it's the age of the selfie. Right. And how many likes do we get? And even beyond that, you know, how am I going to be perceived? How am I doing? How's my performance? It's not about that. Everything that we do is to glorify the Lord. It's his perfection in us. It's Christ dwelling in us. And so whatever, you know, just don't worry. Don't try. Stop performing. I'm talking to myself. Right. There's I got nothing. I got the resurrected Christ right next to me right now. This is not what a relief that I've got the word of God. This is the only living book. There's a lot of good books out there. Right. That can teach us things and help us. This is the only one that's alive and well. It's living and it's active. Christ, the fact that the Holy Spirit is dwelling Amongst us right now in this place is it's beyond anything that I can even make sense of. But what a gift. What a gift.
you know? And so it's a, uh, life can be a roller coaster. Um, and it's not always easy in times of, of trial and tribulation to be giving God glory. You know, it's, we want, it's, it's easy to give God glory when times are, are good, right? I was on a walk this morning and, um, these two gals, one I had met before, I'm trying to learn all these people's names because I'm like the morning walker and it's the same time and I see all the same people. And so this one gal, her name is Sherry, and I had my earbuds in and I'm, I'm going on my walk and I see her, you know, talking. So I take my earbuds out and her and her friend Mary, who had just uh, moved in like a year ago, they stop and they got their two little dogs. And she goes, you know, how are you doing? I said, oh, I'm fine. How are you? She said, this is my friend Mary. I said, hi, Mary. How are you? And so out of nowhere, Sherry says, well, what do you do for a living? Okay. I said, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm a financial advisor and I help, you know, uh, shepherd and pastor a church uh, in my free time. And so hoping that she may want to talk about church, she says, what do you think about the market? You know, she says, how about the market drop on Friday? Now this is Mary talking. She says, well, what do you think? And so I just start, you know, giving her some feedback and this thing and the other. And I told her, I said, just remember, she said, well, what do we do? Do we just stay the course? I said, Mary, remember one thing. Those that get hurt on a roller coaster are those that jump off. Okay? Meaning, don't sell, right? Stay the course. Those that get hurt on a roller coaster are those that jump off. And as I walked away, like within 10 seconds, the Lord gave me this really neat picture. And uh, I think it's because Corey said that they just went to Magic Mountain. So I was thinking about Colossus. And Jesus was in the front. And all your faces... We're on Colossus, and we are all on this roller coaster, right? And we all have our hands up. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're all giving God the glory. So we're on Colossus. We're giving God the glory, you know, and it's, it weaves up and down and up and down. And life is complicated, and it's hard, and it's difficult, and then it's awesome, and it's full of joy, and it's full of reward and spiritual blessings. But no matter what... No matter when the roller coaster gets scary, keep your hands up, right? That's the thing on the rides. Let's put our hands up, right? Keep, keep your hands up. Give God the glory in all that you do, you know? And, and search your hearts. That's what I've been thinking about. What is the affection of my heart, Lord? What is the intention of my heart? Is it pure? Or is this something that is self-seeking in me? These are good prayers to pray. They're not always easy, but I, I guarantee you the Lord will refine you and he'll show you things, you know? Yeah, I think that's, that's it. Let me pray and wait on the Lord and see if he has anything else. Father, I thank you so much um, that your word is living and active. Lord, as last week we celebrate the cornerstone of our faith, the resurrection of Jesus. Father, it was your will, it was your purpose, it was your work that those that Jesus was sharing with, preaching to, your work was that the world would know that he was your son. Then and now and all throughout church history, your purpose is that we would know Christ, and that we would believe that he was the one spoken of through the prophets. Jesus, we thank you for your arrival. 
We thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice, taking the place of our sin. Lord, thank you for your spirit. You said it was to our advantage, Jesus, that you would go so that your spirit could come. And Lord, we cry out, Maranatha. Lord, we know you are coming again. And so we we humbly await that day. Lord, and so in all that we do, as we go through life and do the things that you've called us to do, Lord, help us to give you the glory and not ourselves. Thank you, Jesus, that you modeled this and you were always about the Father's business. You just wanted to know what he had for you. So help us to take that posture, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to Renewing Hope Church. May God's love for you renew your hope today and may his face shine upon you and give you peace. If you need prayer or would like to reach out to us, you can do so at our website, renewinghope.church. Until next time, 